0: As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing, church? All right. I always enjoy our time together each week. When I found out that when, when I'm young, I have lots of loves. You know, when you're young, you want this, you want that. There's just so many things that you want, so many things you love. But what happens is, over time, as the reality of life begins to set in, We drop many of those loves because they they really don't satisfy like we thought they would. And essentially what we do is we begin to focus more on just a few of our loves that really matter to us. Now Paul calls that in the scriptures getting rid of excess baggage. That's exactly what it is. You got any baggage out there you need to drop today? Well, do it. Uh, But here's the nice thing. The loves that do remain, they become our passion. We become passionate about them. And there's even another step, which is called devoted. We become devout. That's why we're called devout Catholics, isn't it? Because we have one love. And that love is God, isn't it? And all the other loves fall around it. Well, one of my loves, so to speak, which has withstood the test of time and which I'm extremely passionate about, which grows each and every day in my life, is the church. The church and the readings, all three of the readings today speak about the church. I love the church. I believe in the church. I support the church. And yes, I would die for the church. That's how I feel about it. That's how passionate I am. And I look forward to being a part of the church one day in purgatory, yes, even purgatory, and also in heaven. Now, the question is, why am I so passionate about the church? You know, a lot of people today are down on the church. Well, the first thing is I see a lot of good in it, tremendous good, as a matter of fact. Um, I was reminded of this this week, it it just came up to me, and it was like, There are so many good Catholics in the world today, so many good Catholics, some of the finest people I know, like you, you're some of the finest people I know, you know, and multiply that by 1.3 billion, that's how many Catholics are in the world today. Think of all the good, all the good that takes place through the church. Now, here's what happens though, and this is the regrettable part, we tend to focus all of our energies on the small percentage of the church that isn't doing good and what we do is we forget about all the rest now we need to we need to be critical we need to evaluate things i i I would agree with that but to focus all of our energy on it that makes no sense to me the church does a tremendous amount of good let me ask you a simple question Do you have any problems in your family? Or is your family perfect? Huh? I bet I I can answer that one. I don't even know your problems. Uh, Do these problems negate all of the good out of your family? Well, do they? Well, of course they don't, you know. Is it appropriate for people to speak only of the problems they see in your family and not all the good that comes out of your family? Well, absolutely not. So why is it that sometimes we as good Catholics can go around badmouthing the church and destroy the faith of those within the church? I could only think of one response to that so far, and this is the one I've found. Jesus said it on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They know not what they do. I see tremendous good because I see it in you. The second thing is that the world would be lost without the church. Now, are you telling me you believe that? Absolutely. I mean it, and I believe it. Really? Well, let me give you an example. Look in the Old Testament. Just take a look in the Old Testament. There's, there's two different times in a nation, a nation of people, over a, a million people, they turn away from God and they turn their focus to themselves. What it is they want, they become greedy, you know, they become uh, angry, they become selfish type of people, and the nation just sort of falls apart, (laughs) that's what it does. They forget God, and they focus on themselves, and then that doesn't work, and so they're in a bad situation, Uh, yeah, And and I think about the saints, they talk about, now they're more generous than two generations, they say it takes three generations without the church, in order to for the world to deteriorate beyond recognition think about this what would the world be like if we did not have god's word what would the world be like if we did not have the eucharist what would the world be like if we did not have parishes what would the world be like if we did not give preferential treatment to the vulnerable what would the world be like if we threw out the moral compass. Well, it would be in bad shape. It'd be, as my dad said, it'd be in sorry shape. Is what it would be. You know, world would be lost without the church. Third thing uh, why I'm passionate about the church is I trust Jesus. You know, he's the he's the one that started the whole thing, wasn't he? I have a hundred percent confidence in him, and anything that he does, it gives. I got a hundred percent confidence in that, and. He started this church, didn't he? See, Jesus loves the church. How much does he love it? Well, you see it right over there, don't you? You see those arms spread? You see that, you know. He loves the church so much that he gave his life for it. He gave his life for you. So I have confidence in that. Jesus entrusted the church to Mary. Oh, Mary, don't you love Mary? Gosh, I love Mary. She's so awesome. You see all these flowers? We had a, a May procession. His school this week then it was it was such a a wonderful thing a wonderful occasion we love Mary but with the same situation when Jesus was on the cross he entrusts the church to Mary doesn't he that's exactly what he does does see Mary's important and she's got a big job doesn't she taking care of the church I like what Saint John being he's one of the great saints uh what he said about Mary and the church He said, only after the last judgment will Mary get any rest from now until then. But from now until then, she's much too busy with the children. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Mary's got her hands full, you know. But uh, that's okay. She can handle it. Another one is uh, why I believe and I trust Jesus. Jesus imparts immeasurable graces to those within the confines of the church. That's a well-known fact that the church is sort of like a bank. <laughs> Think about it. That's why we offer blessings and things when we do. Because uh, we are a depository. We, we are a place where that, uh, the blessings, where the graces of God are stored so that we can offer them to people. And when you go outside the confines of the church, well, guess what? Our, you don't find those graces. What did we hear in the opening prayer today? It said, under the protective care of the church. <laughs> That's where we are, aren't we? And it's so, it's so evident. You, you know, you don't think about that, but it's extremely true. I like what, uh, if you go to 1 Corinthians 5.5, 5, I think it's very, very powerful verse, actually. Uh, what Paul does is uh, he turns a guy over. He expels him from the church is what he does. And when he does, he says that the spear... Of Jesus' Lordship and his victory over sin is gone because now he's in the region outside where Satan still is master. Yeah, that stuff exists. Need to read it, need to study about it. There's grace here. Another reason is Jesus structured the church. What did he do? First thing, first one, Peter. He structured the church, didn't he? And Pete made Peter the head. He said, you are Peter, and upon you I will build my church. You're the rock, aren't you? That's exactly right. And that uh, line of succession has been handed down ever since then. See, Jesus structured the church. He also uh, established the priesthood. When did he do that? Holy Thursday, didn't he? With the institution of the Eucharist. Now listen to this. This is St. John Benny. I think he's got a good point. Listen to what he says. When one wants to destroy religion, one begins by attacking the priest, because where there is no longer a priest, there is no longer a sacrifice, and where there is no longer a sacrifice, there is no more religion. You know, that's how critical priests are to the sacraments and administering of the sacraments. So he established Peter as the head, he established priests. priest, he established the deacons. We, we heard that in the reading today, didn't we, in the Acts of the Apostles? What do they do? Well, the, you know, the church is growing and the apostles are, all these demands are coming on them and, and uh, they're saying, we're, we're neglecting ministering the word of God in prayer. We can't do that. We've got to get somebody else. So what do they do? Select seven and you'll call them deacons. Like that guy right there. See, he's a deacon. You know, that's been going on for 2,000 years. Stand up there, Mark. See the stole he has on there? That's a That's a symbol of service. That's a, like a towel, throwing a towel over your shoulder. See, he's serving is what he's doing. Hadn't changed in 2,000. Well, why hasn't it? Well, Jesus came up with the best idea that that could ever be, you know. Why do we think we want to change all that? Thank you, Mark. And then finally, he, in the book Acts of the Apostles, he establishes bishops. Now, why do he establish bishops? Well, the church was growing all over the world. And so to be able to, you know, to help and to minister to the church, what it does is they take a certain geographical region and they say, you're the bishop of these parishes in this church and you take care of them. And that's exactly what's happened. And that's the way it works today. It works that way in the Archdiocese of Louisville. I have found found that the church hasn't changed in 2,000 years because Jesus got it right the first time. He got it right the first time. Another thing why I'm passionate about the church is that Jesus has given the church on earth the responsibility of safeguarding the deposit of faith. Now you gotta remember there's three parts to the church. Church is in three places: there's church on earth, there's church in purgatory, and there's church in heaven. Now, this one applies only to the church on earth because it's safeguarding the deposit of faith. But Jesus made, it was very clear this had to be established. And this had to be established through the line of the the Holy Father and, and through the bishops. See. His word is important. The deposit of faith is important. What did he say when he, when he was in the Gospels about it? He said, heaven and earth will pass away. Do you know, if you read the book of Revelation, this earth and that heaven is going to pass away. It says it. They're going to burn up. <laughs> They're going to set them on fire and make a cinder out of them. But what's he going to do? And I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down. See? That's exactly. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. They're eternal, aren't they? They'll never pass away. And uh, so here's a little piece of advice. Don't mess with God's word. (laughs) You know, don't mess with God's word uh, unless, you know, you're not a scholar. I don't think you are. I sure ain't. You know, even in the book of Revelation, I think this is extremely important. Read about it. Read what it says if you take a word out of the book of Revelation. You remove a word. See what it says. It'll surprise you, won't it? You're not to take anything, it says, out of the word of God. And so we're in charge. The bishops are in charge of safeguarding the deposit of faith. And that's why I'm so grateful. I am. I'm extremely grateful That the deposit of faith doesn't change every 50 years because culture says we're supposed to do it. This stuff's been going on since the beginning of time. We're not going to, we don't change on whims. We don't change on whims. No, it's the deposit of faith. Another reason I'm passionate is that Jesus has given the church the most important mission in the world. Yeah, I'm serious about that. Uh, What did we hear Peter say today? He said, you, the church, you're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a people of his own. That's what you are. So that, now what does that mean? He says, this is what you are, and here's why you are what you are. So that, what is it? So why are you that? So that you can declare and announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his own wonderful light. The church is God's instrument to spread the good news of Jesus, and it truly is. And what did Jesus himself say today in the gospel? I didn't say it. He said it. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what he said, wasn't it? See that's why those are some of the reasons why the church on earth is called the militant church. Did you know you're militant? You ever thought of yourself that way? You're the militant church. What that means is that you're actively engaged in working for the good of all souls. You don't lay your you don't lay your your efforts down until you go to purgatory, and then go on into heaven. On earth, you have a mission. You have a purpose. Very clear, very succinct. Proclaim the praises of God. Another one, the final one is this. We will one day go to join the church in purgatory and ultimately in heaven. I love you here. This isn't our final destination. I see it every week. I see people going on to purgatory every week. You know, that's part of being a pastor of a large church. I see it every week. Laura, you see it every week too, don't you? Uh, this isn't the end this is just the next one step in it uh, and once what we do is we what, what the time on earth is it gives us an opportunity to fulfill your mission you know what God has called you to do in the world in order to announce his praises to the world and to show God just how much you love him that's a really really important but there comes a time when it's time to leave and we go through purgatory and we go on into heaven. I love the church. I passionately love the church, actually. Let me close with a little story here about the church, how the life of St. John Viennese. When Viennese Bishop first assigned him to ours, he got lost trying to find the town. Two young men tending flocks in the field pointed him in the right direction here's what benny says you have shown me the direction to my parish i will one day show you the way to heaven that's our mission church god bless you i love you